with Corey, and we're talking about Passover. And, you know, before we jump in and kind of break down the the literal Passover Seder and kind of tell you what that's like, because that's what we'll be doing uh, tomorrow night as a family. But uh, I want you to get another concept in, in there, because we talk about Passover going back to the very beginning of time. It was slain from the foundation of the world. But... Passover, in and of itself, there's uh, is this exodus of them out of Egypt, right? Well, they also talk in the scripture, the Jews, about a second exodus. And this is where one of the places it comes from, Jeremiah 16. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt... But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from the lands where he has driven them. For I will bring them back into their land, which I have given to their fathers. Jeremiah 16. So when they went into captivity, after they had already been a nation, split from, from the northern tribes and the southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin and, and some of the priesthood, and first the north went into captivity and then the south and in Babylon and then some came back and some didn't, but they were all scattered all over the place. And so there was there needed to be this second exodus, the second the returning, if you will, to the land of Israel. After thousands of years, that happened in nineteen forty eight, as the nation of Israel was formed. And a number of things happened in the years following that. There was continuing to be Jews who continued to come back to the land, so it never stopped. Started in forty eight, but it never stopped. In 1963, the site of Masada was finally unearthed. If you've never been there, it's just uh, it's one of those places where you'll just be quiet and just be still. Masada was ignored for years because it reminded the rabbis of the failures of the many false messiahs. They, they rejected Jesus and those other messiahs would come up and, and they continued to appear. Yigil uh, Yadin led an international expedition to unearth the many secrets of the ruins, and this is where a group of Jews stood out, the last ones that were conquered by the Romans. And they had created this little synagogue up there on the mountain, these rebels had, and uh, in there they discovered fragments of Ezekiel 37. You might recognize that. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together and bone to bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. And that word breath is ruach, and that's also the word for the Holy Spirit. So that vision, the Jews rightly recognize, is a picture of what's called the second exodus, the restoration of Israel to the promised land. And it happened in 1948, and it has continued ever since, right? But it's just the physical aspect of the restoration because they have not yet begun to follow Jesus, Yeshua, their Messiah. Their spiritual restoration will come in fullness when the breath, the Ruach of God, is poured out upon the nation, when they recognize their Messiah. Well, we did get a glimpse of that. I mentioned it earlier on June 7th, 1967, when Israel reclaimed the Temple Mount for the first time in 2,000 years. On that same day over here in America, the Jesus Movement was birthed in San Francisco, and it brought a revival that saw thousands of Jews come to faith in their Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, and they established the Messianic Movement here, there, and around the world, and many of those converts are now living in the land. 
the Bible is full of prophetic scriptures that can only fit into a time frame like the thousand-year reign. And the Talmud speaks a good bit on eternity. So while the first part of the second exodus has occurred with the creation of the nation of Israel and the return of millions of Jews, there awaits another eternal aspect to that second exodus when Jesus returns to take all of us home to heaven and then return along with us and along with the new Jerusalem to the new earth, which Revelation describes. One last thought for you, just to answer a question that often gets asked, was the Last Supper a Passover Seder or not? Well, was Jesus crucified when the Passover lambs were being slain in the temple court? Yes, he was. If so, then the Last Supper occurred before the Passover lambs were killed. Yes, they were. So some say then it could not have been a true Seder, with the Passover lamb. So if it was the day before Passover, what meal or meat was it? Well, the answer to the question is pretty simple. There were different festival traditions in different places. Jesus and his disciples were Galileans. Therefore, they would observe, observe the Galilean traditions. There were several differences between Judean and Galilean Passovers. Galileans observed the fast of the firstborns in remembrance of the firstborn Israelites who were saved from death. Now, that fast took place on Nisan 14, on the day of Passover. So those obligated to fast include a firstborn son and the father of a firstborn son who's too young to fast. So in the Galilean tradition, there had to be a special meal at the beginning of Passover, Nisan 14, called Suda, a mafseket. After this meal, there would be a whole day fast, and then the next meal would be the Passover meal, the Seder. So in this sense, this special meal was indeed their last supper until the Passover meal. The same special meal occurs in Israel before the Yom Kippur fast. There was more than just one kind of Passover lamb, too. The official one had to be from the flock. Additional lambs that were offered were peace offerings or festival offerings that came from the herd uh, called uh, hagiga. Since you had to eat or burn all of the Passover lamb on the night of Passover, this hagiga would be eaten before or after the night of Passover so that there would be meat for the meals during the eight nights of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So there was a sacrificed lamb available that would qualify for the Passover meal if they had it on that first night instead of the second night. So is it a Passover meal? Yes and no, but mostly yes. So there you go. Coming up next, we're going to pray, and uh, then we're going to jump into the Passover elements from the light to the hands to the bread to the wine to the... Will you just go on and on and on? All coming up next.